You're listening to Intellectual Erection, a place where we talk about the naughty. Oh, to stimulate your thinking. You're listening. You're listening to Intellectual Erection. Intellectual, intellectual, intellectual Erection. Welcome to another episode of Intellectual Erection with your host Patrick. Before I get onto this episode today with Asa Lure, I want to thank all the listeners for ongoing uh, support with the podcast. And it's been going really good so far. I hope that you continue to enjoy the content. There's a few new things coming up um, that I'm going to keep under wraps for now. But when they do come up, I do hope you enjoy uh, some of the new conversations that we're going to be having on the podcast here. Uh, In the meantime, if you do want to support Intellectual Erection financially because it is uh, currently unfunded, and it does cost some time and money to make, uh, please visit the GoFundMe page that you'll find the link to uh, at the bottom of every episode on SoundCloud and uh, potentially on your podcast apps. Other than that, thank you for listening, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and potentially leave a review, and enjoy this episode. Hi, we're back in Toronto again, sitting here on Intellectual Erection, talking about all those things that we all want to talk about. Uh, I'm sitting here with a very special guest, um, Ace Allure. Yeah, she's she's riding my couch. (laughs) So why don't you you, uh, tell our uh, uh, perky listeners... I don't know why I use perky. I'm gonna sip my coffee. Staring at my tits. Mm. Mm. Well, you're wearing a sweater. It's hard. It's anyway. Why don't you introduce? Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell people who you are, what you do, what you're interested in, and so on. Hi, my name is Ace. Um, I work at Oasis Aqua Lounge as a marketing person. Person. I, person. I like marketing person. It's 2018. Mm. Um, oh, nice. That was a Trudeau throwback. So, um, yep, I work at Oasis as an event coordinator and an aqua flirt. So mm. I walk around, make guests comfortable, flirt with the single men, my favorite part of the job. Yeah, that's. she, has a, she literally has a business card that says professional tease. It's what I do. It's <laughs> what she does. It's all talk. All talk. No, oh my no God. bite. No bite. That's how I like it. <laughs> Just no teeth, eh? No teeth. No teeth ever. <sighs> very good. So, uh, by the sound of your voice, you sound very young. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I get that a lot, yeah. You? Yeah. Uh, you look like you're still in high school, at least. <laughs> Which I, I guess is a good thing for you. That's one of my kinks. Is it? It is. I think it would be easier to name the things you're not into. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I'm almost we'll turned on that. by everything. Yeah, we're going to we're going to discover your being by negation. What is an ace, and how does it allure? <laughs> <laughs> deep philosophical question. Okay. Right. I like going deep. Oh, there you oh go. do you? Well, so if we're, you put me on the path, now we're just, it's going to be nonstop puns and <laughs> euphemisms and innuendos. Um, okay, so 
why don't we get into it? So, you, okay, you are an event coordinator at Oasis Aqua Lounge, which we've talked about on the show before. is a sex club downtown in Toronto. It's uh, my favorite and the favorite of many of the people that um, that are on the show. Um, we can get into what you do there, how long you've been there, some stories. I'm sure you have some uh, that we'd be interested in. Um, is there anything else that you do aside from this? Aside from Oasis, I do burlesque sometimes. She does burlesque. Started when I was 18. Ooh. Hit 18, Googled burlesque schools in Toronto, went to my first class, fell in love with it. I ended up getting drunk for my friends after my first lesson, stripped for them. They said it was so good. So I just continued with that for a couple years. Nice. Since 18. So you've been doing it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. <clears throat> okay. Uh, any quick stories you want to share about Oasis? Anything fun that happened? Anything odd? Interesting? Something interesting happens every day, but my favorite night, if you ever want to come for an interesting night, is gangbang night. It's the first Tuesday of the month. At first, when I first started, I was like, oh my god, what do I expect? I'm a little bit nervous, but now I look forward every month to gangbang night. Why? Because you're the center of attention? No, because I love watching people get fucked. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I like you right on the ball with that one. like, no, fuck you. This is why. Okay. Wonderful. Um... So I mentioned that you were young and so on because you are, uh, <laughs> but you're still very heavily involved in the kink, BDSM, and potentially poly community. I'm not sure exactly where you navigate between these. I know you're very kinky. I know you like some things BDSM. Um, so yes. why don't you take us back and the thing the thing I like to ask the most is is just where it all started if there's some some place in your history where something started where like weird taboo sex kink anything like that where it began that's what I want to know okay I'm glad you asked um so I was in grade nine and I had my first boyfriend (laughs) both fucking virgins such virgins like we didn't even know how to put on a condom because (laughs) Because our sex ed was uh, abstinence-based. So it was like, hey, just don't have sex. And we both went to like a religious school. And my mom raised me hardcore Catholic. And this is what happens when you're raised hardcore Catholic. You become right. a super freak. It's like the, it's like the stereotype. No, no, you're no, a living sure. stereotype. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud. <laughs> you fulfilled your, uh, your mission. So um, I had sex with Philip. We lost our virginity. And the first thing I thought was, oh my God, this wasn't a big deal at all. Like, wait, school... wait, 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 wait. You can't, you, you, you told me something before we started the podcast about the first time you had sex. That <laughs> I wanted, I need you to repeat that because it was, it was very uh, juicy. <laughs> First time we had sex, we didn't. We were such virgins that I called my friend. I didn't even have sex ed yet. I didn't get gym until second semester. Semester, but we didn't. We didn't wait. We just started first semester. I was like, I want a dick inside me. So, um, I called my friend Alyssa. And I was like, Alyssa, how do you put on a condom? And she's my neighbor, so she's like, I'm gonna be there in five minutes. And I thought she was joking. So, me home alone. I left the like door open because I don't care. And I'm like a kid. My friend, we were about to have sex. My friend bursts through the door and she's like, hold it! Did you put the condom on properly? And she walks in and I'm literally about to sit on a dick. And um, she was there for a little bit and then she ended up leaving. Did she watch the the first... Uh... Not the first time, but there's been times where she's watched me. Just watched? Yeah. Hmm. Um, multiple so... times. Actually the most out of everyone I know. Alyssa's been watching me the most. Some good self-control. I hope she hears this. Um... <laughs> I hope she hears this one. Good, good. 
So um, after she left, we actually got into it mm-hmm. because before that, it was just uh, all foreplay, basically. And then once we had sex, once I was penetrated, the first thing I thought was not that it felt good, not that it hurt, was this wasn't a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. Like, sex was so built up in my head, and it was like the devil's work. And then we did it, and I'm like, wow. This is not that crazy. So what else is a lie in my life about sex? If like, my whole life I've been told that sex is the biggest deal in the world and you have to like be in love and all this stuff. And I'm like, what else is a lie? So, so you I, just have to go out and try everything to make sure yeah. <laughs> that you are being lied to. Basically, it's all my trust issues. Who says pain hurts? <laughs> right? So I ended up telling all my friends, as soon as I lost my virginity, I'm like, guys, I have news. Losing your virginity isn't a big deal at all. And they're like, what? Well, You're you joking. You spread the slut virus at your school, didn't you? I did. And Wonderful. I was literally like, I felt like I was Jesus. And mm-hmm. I like, God told me sex isn't a big deal. And all my friends are like, how do you know this knowledge? Educate us. So... Um, yeah, I started telling, talking to my friends about sex and I started researching stuff about sex because I'm like, okay, well, school's not going to teach me about sex. Clearly, I didn't even know how to put on a condom. So I started going to chapters and like my mom used to take me to chapters all the time. It was like our favorite thing to do. I would get a Harry Potter book. I would go to the sex section, get a blowjob book and wow. I would read so inten- like intently, like read this blowjob book and I'd write notes. I'd like go on my phone and I'm like recording like all these like notes about like the dragon, the corkscrew. Like I still remember the names, types of blow blowjob stuff. But um, my mom would walk by and be like, oh, you're really into that book, huh? And she thinks I'm reading Harry Potter. And I'm like, yeah, I love it, mom. Wow. Um, so I was really into it. And to, like, learning about sex. Not even sex itself, just, like, learning everything around it. And so my first boyfriend was super vanilla because we were both virgins. And sex with him was, like, having sex with a piece of wood. That's and we, on top bad. of that, we used to have sex in my stairwell floor because I wasn't allowed to have boys over. So we just bring him wow. after school. It was always me that initiated it. He was, he was like, well, I guess we can have sex. But I was like, we're having sex. I want it. So you were just hungry, or as the the kids as the kids say, thirsty. Oh, I was thirsty every day after school. So did you get turned on when you were reading these books? You're just there at chapters reading your uh, Harry Potter and scare quotes, and yeah, I was really turned on. I like, I'm just always turned on. Did you ever masturbate in the chapters? No, I actually didn't start masturbating until 16. So I started having sex at 14. Then I was sexually active for two years before. I started masturbating, and I never even—I never even masturbated with my fingers the first time. What did what What did you use? My friends bought me a vibrator for my 16th birthday. Woo! <laughs> and uh, it was a pink one. It's super cute, and they're like. You still have it. Um, I do still have it. It's in my toy box <laughs> with my bears. <laughs> with your bears? You have bears in your... T- Wait, this is a regular toy box. Yeah, it's a regular okay. Sorry, toy box. Sorry, I was thinking of like a kinky toy box. Oh, like, no, it's like my childhood bears? toy box with like mm-hmm. my childhood clothes in it. And then it's like my dildo. <laughs> Nice. Vibrator. It was a vibrator. Um, but they bought it, and I'm like, guys, I'm not actually going to use this. And they're like, That's what okay. everybody says. Went home immediately, and I used yeah. it. I literally yeah. didn't even wait. I got through the door. I didn't eat. I didn't do anything. I dropped my backpack, and I, like, took this vibrator out. And it was the craziest feeling I've ever felt. When I first put that vibrator on my clit, I almost passed out. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I became, yeah. Ever since then, I'm just, like, addicted to masturbating. <laughs> So are you still on the uh, vibrator or do you oh, sometimes yeah, nope, use your hands? Oh, yeah, no, no, vibrator every day, a couple times a day. 
masturbated this morning, masturbated before bed, free time, masturbated. Probably in my bathroom a couple times. <laughs> in your dreams. <laughs> you went in a couple times, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but um, no, I love masturbating. It like puts me in such a good mood. I'm always so chipper and people ask me why. And it's literally masturbating. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, that is the prescribed um, antidepressant from Ace Allure. Masturbate yeah. often and you will feel... Chipper. Chipper. <laughs> That's that was, yeah. So that was just the beginning of how I started getting into sex. So my second boyfriend was this guy, and he was like an angry guy. And we ended up having really rough sex, but I didn't understand BDSM and kink yet. I just knew I don't like having sex with a piece of wood. I do like having sex when it's rough, and I'm like putting stuff together, and I'm like, okay. So I like rough sex. That's cool. It turned me on a lot because of like how aggressive it was, but I still didn't understand that like BDSM. Mm -hmm. So I was like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, rough sex, cool, cool, cool. Then I ended up not having sex for two years for just no reason. <laughs> I just didn't have sex for two years. At all? At all. Two years? Yeah, I was like having sex a lot for two years and then I just didn't have sex for two years. What did you do in that time? Learn how to tease. Oh God. <laughs> when I was in grade 10, I learned this trick that guys will want you whether you sleep with them or make them think you're gonna sleep with them. So starting in grade 10, I was going out with my fake ID, <laughs> and I would meet guys at bars, and I would learn how to flirt. Mm -hmm. And by 18, I was so good at flirting that all my friends now ask me how to flirt because to flirt. I just started at eight, uh, 16, and because I never had sex with these guys for two years, I learned all the tricks, oh. how to make them want it. <laughs> but then what do you get? Oh, just complete satisfaction. Nothing satisfies me more than a good tease. Just joy in your own little sadistic brain. Yes! You're yes! sick. You're sick! So, after two years of not having sex, I got bored and wanted to have sex again because uh -huh. teasing for two years straight does, does a lot It to ends you. up teasing you. Oh, yeah, and I learned to love it. I tease myself every day, almost, I think. How do you tease yourself? Well... I guess you'll find out. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, two years comes, and I had, um, I don't want to say a goth phase, but... Can't picture it. I know, because I'm like a perky blonde who looks like a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, you got like cheerleader socks, your little blonde hair. <laughs> All right, goth um, phase. So I had a goth phase, and I was obsessed with Marilyn Manson. Oh, boy. I love him. I watched all his interviews. I actually became literally obsessed with him. My mom was concerned, and she thought I was turning into Satanism. Hmm. But, um, so I ended up seeing this video by Marilyn Manson. It's called um, Heart Shaped Glasses. Mm -hmm. And in this video, it was so hot. I was in high school, and I remember I like came home, and I'd watch this video after school and like masturbate to it like insanely. And he was choking this girl, and like he was like covered in blood, and it was like a heavy BDSM scene, I think, in that video, either that one or another one. And I was like, this is turning me on so much. What is this? Like, you can choke people in bed? Like, that's a thing. <laughs> in bed. So I would like choke myself and masturbate, and I'm like, okay, I definitely want a guy to do this. And I knew in grade 10 I liked rough sex, so I'm like, oh my god, I'm on to something. Like... <laughs> What is this? So I started looking at BDSM and I'm like, okay, so there's like sadism, masochism, and that's like the basis. And I'm like, hmm, okay, well, I'm a little bit into pain, I think. I don't know. So I was like choking myself, seeing how much I can take. And I'm like, okay, yeah, thoroughly turned on. So um, we ended up graduating high school. And my friend, me and Emma, we, were, we always went to bars. Like throughout high school, we went to like more bars than when I became legal. <laughs> and um, I told her, I'm like, Emma, I'm going to meet a sadist tonight. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, 
go ahead. Like, I dare you. Like, that's such a specific request. So we went to this bar. It was called The Brunny. The Brunny? It's shut down now, yeah. It was, like, a terrible bar. It was, like, absolute trash. This bar was absolute trash. Like the Brunswick House? or The Brunswick House! Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember the Brunswick House. I knew somebody who worked there. Trash, right? Ugh. It was great. We went to Throwback Thursday. I still remember the day like it was yesterday because this day, like, changed my life. Um, so I ended up going to the bar, and this guy comes up to me, and he's, like, nothing special, and he's, like, talking to me, and the fucking Shrek song was playing. I remember this. And he's, like, talking to me. He's, like, do you want to meet my friends? And he's, like, buying us drinks, and I'm, like, okay, whatever. We'll meet your friends. Meet his friends, and I see this guy, and he has long hair, blue eyes. He's, like, big, tall guy, and I'm, like, holy shit, he looks like Marilyn Manson. I'm, like, Emma, that's the fucking sadist I'm going to meet tonight. Like, I know it. Mm-hmm. I know it. It's, like, fate brought us together, so... This guy's, like, ignoring me, so obviously it just makes me want him more. All his friends are all over me, and this one guy who I want is ignoring me. Of course, that's how it works. That's how it always works. So, um, I ended up getting lost from my... And he ended up getting lost from his friends, coincidentally. And we saw each other on the dance floor, and, um... He said, do you want to come outside for a smoke with me? And I have a little bit of a cigarette fetish. So I'm like, okay, boy, yeah, I'll go outside with you. We went back in the club, and he smoked, like, cigarettes, and he just, like, looked like trouble. And I'm Mm. like, okay. So, um... We ended up dancing. He ended up fingering me on the dance floor. And I was like, okay, cool, like kind of vanilla. Doesn't this boy start choking the shit out of me on this dance floor, all in public? Then he's like scratching my back with these like crazy nails. I'm like, <laughs> wow. On the dance floor. On the dance floor. He's scratching me, giving me, like, kissing my neck, giving me a hickey that ended up covering half my neck. It was the biggest hickey I've ever gotten, and I think I've ever seen on anyone. It was like this guy was just like, I looked like roadkill after this, in summary. I looked like roadkill. My friend was taking pictures of my body after, and I was, like, covered in scratches and hickeys, and my hair was, like disaster but um i loved it i loved all of it all of it turned me on i didn't care how much it hurt because it didn't hurt it just felt good all of it and it was so thrilling so did you end up having a relationship with this guy so i still talk to this guy to this day we actually ended up talking yesterday and um i ended up going to his house a week later and i was like by the way i don't fuck guys like i just tease them and he's like okay we'll see Oh my god, he teased me so good with all the scratching and the biting. I ended up having sex with him, and it was such good dick. It was such good dick. It's like a big one. It's just so good. <laughs> big one. So we ended up being friends with benefits for like two years. Mm-hmm. And he taught me a lot, and he was like, not only was he a sadist, but he was like, educated about BDSM, and I thought that was really important. Because some guys were like, yeah, I'm dominant, and then they don't really know what being dom is but he like would watch like podcasts about how to be a dom and he like educated himself which i loved and so everything was safe we had like a safe word but we ended up not using it ever because i just trusted him (laughs) every time uh so we'd only be friends with benefits like we could never have an actual relationship because it just wouldn't work but um yeah he taught me a lot about bdsm he like taught me about doming he taught me about being a sub and then every time (laughs) i got a boyfriend after him and we would break up i'd always we'd always reconnect (laughs) Nice. So he was like the uh, the constant throughout yeah, various actually the guy strings of monogamy, I suppose. Yes, and now um, he actually set me up with his friend, and I really like him. So it's like mm. crazy how this guy's like been in my life this whole time, and then now he's like setting me up with people who like he thinks would be good for me because he's known me for so long. Yeah. So that's basically how I got into BDSM. This one guy, hmm. and then from there I was like, okay, well if he exists, other guys exist, and then yeah. Slowly but surely you've mastered different things i wonder did you ever use those techniques or things that you learned from uh from your own studies 
from your chapters. They, oh, from the blowjob books? Blowjob books, the research, whatever. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Everything I learned about sex was from research and mm. trial and error and like learning that something. And case work. studies, apparently. Yeah. So you've been doing a lot of uh, sex research your whole life. A whole life. It's my favorite hobby. Yeah. I would like come home and normal kids would look up like celebrity stuff and I'm like looking up how to give the best blowjob upside down. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about these techniques. I've never heard of a technique other than... Oh, it's such a good book. The book's called Blow Each Other Away. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I read the book so many times I memorized almost all of it, but it's been, it's been like six years since I read it, but hmm. I still use some of those techniques to this day, yeah. The corkscrew? Um, yeah, they call me the blowjob queen for a reason. So. Do they? <laughs> they do. I don't know about this one. So, blowjob queen. Um, <laughs> you got into kink, BDSM. Uh, the whole time that you've been doing this, uh, I suppose you were monogamous. Yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah, in quotation marks. Yeah, so, yeah. my first boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. back to the board, um, we were monogamous, but the whole time we were monogamous, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel quite right. Like, I loved talking to other guys, and I would, like, tell him, and he'd get really mad, obviously. But then I was like, oh, but just talking to one guy doesn't feel right for me. And I, like, I was a kid, I was 14, and I was like, this just doesn't, like, is monogamy the only thing? The only option. The yeah. only option? Because it doesn't, like, do people just not talk to other people? Like, how does this work? He was also really controlling, too, which did not help at all. And he would, like, try to tell me what to wear. And I'm like, mm, this isn't, this isn't a relationship. So that's why we ended up breaking up. But throughout my life, I've been in monogamous relationships only, and then mm. recently I was in a monogamish relationship, which was the best, the best relationship I've been in because I was the most free, but yeah, monogamy, no, I'm not a fan. I'm so where, fan. where, uh, sorry, where are you at now? Non-monogamous, but I don't know if I'm poly. Mm. I'm definitely not monogamous. I actually, I'm just so against, <laughs> I'm just so against monogamy because I hate, right. I feel like monogamy, some people think, is like a form of control. So you can like tell your partner, because you're monogamous, what they can do, what they can't. And there's boundaries, obviously. You can't mm -hmm. hook up with other people. And that's kind of like, oh, but what if I really want to? Like, I just like, I want a partner who's, I can be like, hey, you're not going to satisfy all my needs. I need to talk to more than one person. And I want them to be like, hey. I love that. I'm okay with it. I feel the same way. Hey, you know what? I love that. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> um, but then you're, you're kind of slowly drifting into maybe polyamory or maybe just some kind of ethical non-monogamy. Yeah, I think so. so ethical. The last, ethical. The last uh, relationship was monogamish, like I said. Yeah. So what that means is that we were only sleeping with each other and... I wasn't allowed to make out or do anything sexual with other guys, but I was allowed to flirt with other guys and tease them, which I love doing. Um, and then there was, like, some things I was allowed to do and some things I wasn't allowed to do. But, so all the stuff I was allowed to do, that's awesome, and I love doing it. But then the thing that was problematic was there was, like, gray area about what I wasn't allowed to do, and sometimes I wouldn't, it wouldn't be clear of what I was and wasn't allowed to do. Basically, I hate being constrained and I need freedom because if I'm giving too much too little to work with I yeah. just I, it, it traps yeah. it traps me so even though it was a little more open than traditional monogamy it is it still really problematic yeah no I, I feel the same way I think that um, above above all I need my freedom that's uh, that's kind of my line um, to any potential partner I'm like I'm I'll give you everything but my freedom yeah that's how I that's feel it. too 
because there's there's so much to offer but at the same time you don't want to be limited to one person and you said it um, you know it's not fair to, to expect that one person can possibly provide you everything that you're looking for yeah especially because like everything turns me on so mm-hmm. just yeah. like I know everyone my fetish is other people <laughs> I need to have other people That's yeah a fetish. yeah so because everything turns me on it's great because I see the good in everyone so even if a guy and we have sex and he's like terrible in bed at least I'll find something good about him like maybe he was a good kisser or maybe he was good yeah. at touching or he was sensual or intimate so because I get turned on by everything it's really hard to make me not satisfied in bed mm. but the problem is I need variety and like just having the same sex or the same partner or the same thing all the time is going to get boring no matter how kinky the other person is. Right, right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, So then you've discovered uh, aspects about yourself already. You know that you don't want to be monogamous, uh, that you're turned on by a lot of things. uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) A lot of different kinks. do Do you identify as anything or do you have any... I know a lot of people don't like to label themselves, but do you have any any things that you... Any labels in the kink community? Yeah. Well, I'm like really into DDLG. Daddy, Daddy. Dom, little girl. Daddy, yeah. Um, I just feel like personality-wise, I'm already like a giant baby walking mm-hmm. around and I'm just like adorable all the time. Um, but... Yeah, no, I love uh, the daddy little girl kink. I feel like it's a little bit misunderstood by the public, but once you like learn about it, it's a really good safe kink. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. I love it. I dress like uh, I try to dress like in that kink sometimes, and I go out because it makes me feel like good and girly. And yeah, so I think that's like my main main kink. I love calling people daddy too. That's that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's my favorite king. Just because I just can't separate it from my personality. So I like, if I didn't identify with it, I'd I'd still be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big part then. It's just a nice little power dynamic. Yeah, and for me, it's like not even just in the bedroom. Like, if I have a partner who I call daddy, like, I'm going to act like a little girl at all times. Like, mm-hmm. we're grocery shopping, I'm going to be a little girl. You're going to be a little brat. If we're studying together in the library, I'm going to be a little girl. If we're in your dorm, I'm going to be a little girl. Mm. And when family you... dinner probably still gonna be a little girl somehow oh lord <laughs> I just envision punishments oh that's why I do it I'm such a brat I just that's another thing I'm such a brat like mm. personality wise that's like another th- reason why monogamy doesn't work for me because I will fight to get freedom and I'll do everything I can to like fight to get what I want <laughs> but what about your punishments do you handle those? Take them with grace. <laughs> take them with grace. You can't take much. I've seen you get a spanking. It was very light. The one you gave me? I didn't give you a spanking. You gave me a three, a little three trial, a little three clap spanking. Yeah, it, was with, it wasn't with my hand. It was with a, a riding crop. Yeah. Yeah, no, I gave you the riding crop, but that was just like a whatever. <laughs> like, I know. I've, I've I don't have a high spank. pain tolerance, yeah. but people, <laughs> like when I... In that dynamic, I don't really get like punished severely. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have like, I don't have a high pain tolerance, even though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just such a small girl. Oh, <laughs> you, you want pity. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I get out of my punishments. <laughs> oh yeah. Look at this little sneak. Oh lord. Well, then what? Uh, okay, take me through an average day in your life, a fun one. All right. Okay. I wake up, yeah. masturbate. 
Definitely. Just don't even start your day without masturbating. Don't even talk to me if you don't start your day with masturbating. I'm kidding. But um, I can't leave the house unless I masturbate first. Hmm. Um, I could, but I prefer. It just, it really impacts my mood. I actually tried not masturbating for a couple weeks, and I noticed I was a lot more irritated easier. Like, I'm, I'm normally okay. never irritated. But, um... So you start off masturbating. Yes, I start off masturbating. And then the second thing I do is choose my clothes and every single day I dress a, like with one aspect of fetish okay in it so one aspect of fetish uh like what what would you wear like a choker yeah or? so if it's <laughs> I go everywhere with at least one aspect of fetish fetish whether, whether it's class or work but um I like to wear schoolgirl skirts to class mm-hmm. or cheerleader skirts so I've, I've seen you in <laughs> last time you came here you were in a, you were in a like Catholic schoolgirl skirt. Yep. Nope. That's uh, definitely one of my favorite things to do. If I if I'm going to school, I'm gonna dress either as a cheerleader, a schoolgirl, maybe a goth girl if I'm feeling it. Yeah. No. I definitely. Yeah. I definitely play on fetish wear to school, and I don't even care. My mom's like, "You're gonna go to class like that?" And I go, "Yeah, I am, mom." Yeah. Yeah, mom. I do what I want. If I'm going out, I'll dress more dominatrixy. So I have like different like fetish attire for different um, events. So if I'm going to school, it's more playful and like girly. If I'm going out, um, I like to tease guys a lot when I go out. So I'm mm. going to dress in a more, I don't know, assertive way. Have you ever dommed anyone? Have I ever dommed anyone? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a professional tease. What do you think? No, I can't picture it. Tease and denial is literally, if I had a degree mm-hmm. in something, it'd be tease and denial. No. If I could teach, like... If I could have a PhD in something, it'd be tease and denial. If I had a least favorite kink or fetish, it'd be tease and denial. And that's why I do it. That's why I do oh, it. God. Because that's what everyone says at the beginning, and then I make them love it. I and then hate it. I don't know if I if I would ever love that. Mm. I like to get what I want, and I like okay. to get it how I want. Oh, that's my con- that's my control. Now. That's not right. That's just. It's a bit of a control freak mixed with dominating tendencies, and I do not like to get dommed unless the other person is going to do something that I want them to do, in which case I might. That makes sense. I That's love rare. being a sub in bed. I don't like yeah. doming in bed too much, but if I'm going out, it just like teases me to be able to like tell guys they can have me and then be like, nope, never mind. So if I'm going out, I'll dress more like a dominatrix. So, so you're going out, okay, so you wake up, you masturbate, you get dressed, put on something fetishy, depending yes. on where you're going. Go to where, school, where go to work, go to... You're going to school, eh? What are you, what are you studying? Like? My, uh, <laughs> my average day, I'd go to school. Mm-hmm. Psychology. Psychology. <laughs> so I can learn how to mess with people's brains more. Uh-huh. No, I'm kidding. That's what all psych undergrads think. <laughs> and then they get there and the only brain that's being messed with is their own. That's so true. Mm. Don't get a degree. <laughs> well, School is a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've been, uh, been in it too long to... to... Whatever. Let's move on from me. Okay, so you're there. You uh, you're at school. Tease some profs. I've actually done that a couple times. Mm. Like, I literally look forward to it. Sometimes I dress fetishy to school, and I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna tease a teacher today? Sometimes I do. It's really fun. I never go through with anything, but um, just the idea of it turns me on so much that I don't even have to. It's really interesting because mental simulation is so big for me that I don't even have to physically touch anyone or have any physical contact with anyone and still be so turned on mm-hmm. and like be able to come so quick just off a of thought so what you save that for later for your spank bank or yep what? 
Uh, oh my god, you don't want to know what's in my spank bank. Mm. It's like right. hard drive, hard drive, over after hard drive. Like oh. it'd just be, it's too much to store. Well, if you're a, a prof at uh, some school <laughs> and you know of some certain cheerleading uh, looking uh, school girl, <laughs> school girl, you might be in that spank bank. Yeah, so. Yep. <laughs> I then, look for something to turn me on every day, too. So even if, like, a guy's cute serving me coffee, I'll be like, oh, saving you for later. I'm yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Cute bus driver, same thing. Honestly, anyone with any profession. <laughs> a- anyone with a job has a chance, is what it sounds <laughs> Not like. Not even a job. Anything with, anyone with just, like, a title of something. Mm. And if anyone's in something with authority, don't even talk to me if you don't want to be in my spank bank, because you will be. Mm-hmm. Cops, um, firemen, I've, honestly everything with a mm-hmm. title. Rappers on SoundCloud sometimes get in my spank bank. But it's funny because this is all in my spank bank, but I don't actually go through with it and sleep with them. Yeah. So I have like a thousand and one fantasies, and then I've only slept with like a couple of people. Why is that? It's really funny. I don't know. I think because I'm still so so young. So I'm just like, I don't know. You're restricting yourself, or is it just... Is no, it, is I haven't met the right... Yeah, it's organic. I just okay. haven't met... Because because I'm so freaky, well, I like to think I'm freaky, but because I'm freaky, people can't really keep up. So if I meet an average guy, it's like it just won't work. I hate vanilla sex. I can't do it. Yeah, you think they're going to run away, maybe? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, actually. Scare them away with your evil ways. Oh, yeah, no, I try. I try to scare them away right away, so then I know. Because people that I scare away within a week, I'm like... Thank God I didn't sleep with that guy. Yeah. I went through a little bit of a phase after my last boyfriend broke up with me where I was like, I'm just going to try to sleep with people with no connection and I'm not going to ask them what their kinks are or anything. I'm going to see what happens. And I just tried a little scientific experiment for myself. And sometimes it was really good because I had such low expectations. So a guy would be really kinky and didn't tell me. And I'd be like, oh my God, yes, you're so kinky. We didn't even talk. Like, this is so great. Like we would talk about it while it was happening, but I was like, a mm. pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes they were so vanilla that I literally want, wanted to leave the house because I couldn't handle how vanilla they were. So now I learned my lesson. I'll have the conversation beforehand to see yeah. how kinky you are. Yeah, you need the communication if you if you want to know what you're getting into. Oh, yeah, for sure. Communication is literally key. So now I'm not sleeping with guys unless they are half as crazy as me. Mm. Okay. And... Uh, we we trailed off. Where where does your day end after the after, <laughs> so after, the, I go to after school, school and, and you teach some props? Yeah, you um, put them in your spank bank. I go home, study obviously because I'm an academic. <laughs> oh yeah, it just it it just seeps out of you. <laughs> seeping out of me. Oh lord. Okay, so uh, back to me being an palm. academic. Back to me being an academic. I go home and study because I'm a, almost a straight A student. <laughs> Almost. Almost. I've seen your transcripts. <laughs> That's true, you have. And then I go home and I masturbate. Watch a movie that'll turn me on. I only watch movies that'll turn me on, which is like a little bit close-minded. I like if I'm by myself, I'll only watch movies that turn me on. If a friend wants to show me a cool movie, I'll watch it. But yeah. Another thing my me and my sister like to do together is watch like crazy movies, like crazy sexual movies together. You have a sister? Yeah, and she's exactly like me. Older <laughs> or younger? Younger, five oh years Lord. younger. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm corrupting her slowly. I bet. Yeah. Poor thing. So, um, it's actually really interesting because uh, we we grew up hardcore Catholic, and I asked my sister, I'm like, would you be as sexually open as you are now if I wasn't your sister? And she said, definitely not. 
So, so one you of just the corrupted things, the family slowly. Yeah. Mm. One of the things I love about myself is that I uh, open people up to be more open about mm-hmm. their like sex lives and stuff. So me and my sisters have like similar kinks, surprisingly. But she's also a virgin. Well, if she's she's how much younger? Five years. Five years. Oh, so she's barely. You're I'm not gonna say how old she is. I know. I know how old you are, so I can mm-hmm. deduce how old she is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's still a virgin, but the thing is, that's interesting is that she like knows mentally what'll turn her on. So we watch movies together sometimes, actually. So we watch. Uh, she's into getting dominated, like her big sis. Yeah. So yeah, we both have like a thing, not for serial killers, but like for horror movie villains. We both like love horror movie villains. I have a feeling you're gonna be one of those uh, sister sister combos. What do they call those? Like in threesomes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we talked about it. I was like, would you have a threesome with me? She's like. If we both really like the guy. Oh, wow. So we'll see. They we'll exist. See. Stay tuned. They Stay exist. Stay tuned for that. IRL. Um, but probably not. We probably will not have a threesome. But uh, it's uh, it's cool because I come home, and so it's not like I'm just alone and I, like, I can come home and talk to her about what's going on in my life and what's turning me on, turning her on, making sure she's healthy, making sure she's doing everything okay, making sure she's, if she, when she's ready to have sex, making sure it's safe for her. So I really like that. I like, That's good. really look out for her. A little bit but, of responsible sex ed, not just the kinks. Yeah, then, yeah. So we go, I go home, watch a movie, either together with my sister or by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I go to bed and I masturbate furiously. <laughs> Furious. I masturbate furiously. To my day. <laughs> to your day. To whatever was in your day. To awesome. whatever was in my day. Yeah. And then Amazing. I go to bed and then I wake up. That's pretty good. Um, so what happens on the days that you work? Oh, yeah. There you go. I said so, an exciting day. <laughs> that's just my boring day. Yeah, yeah. So my exciting day, I wake up, masturbate, obviously. And then um, at Oasis, there's a different theme every night of the week. Right. And sometimes I have the privilege of organizing the event from scratch. So I'll like choose a theme. And this is why I love my job so much. Because I get turned on by everything, it's really easy for me to be open-minded to like all types of kinks and all types of ideas. Whereas if I was more close-minded and only into one kink, I think it would be harder for me to appreciate other kinks. But because I literally love almost everything, um, I can think of a lot of different ideas. So if it's an event I really, really like, like Daddy Night at Oasis, I host it. And so I'll go to work. Wear something super cute to work to like turn myself on and get hyped, get in the mood. I'll go to work and then make sure everything's according to plan and organized. And once I stop getting stressed, I uh, socialize or dance, watch people have sex all day, mm-hmm. meet interesting people, and yeah, it's good stuff. It's a lot of sex. I'm so numb to it. People always <laughs> talk to me naked, and I don't, I can't even tell. Yeah, you get used to it. I can't even recognize it. But it's well, after really a while, fun. you know, it's it's a human body. After a while, you just get used to it. You walk into a place and. It's hard to explain Oasis unless you've been, so I recommend yeah. you guys just go. <laughs> yeah, but people um, should check it out. It's it's a lot less threatening than it sounds in your brain my favorite part about it i think is the variety of events though because i feel if we had like the same event every night it would be boring but we have literally a different one every night yeah like tonight's suits and nudes so the women are going to be naked and i'm go-go dancing i love i love this event because the dynamic you can just feel it in the room so the men are wearing suits and the women are naked and it's just like i don't know it almost feels like a movie yeah i've seen i've um i've seen those and there was a uh, also a house party with the same theme so hot mm-hmm. it's like you can feel the power dynamic without like anything even happening yeah, without any sex in front of you that's definitely a weekend uh, event yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 
Um, okay, so we went over your day. Yes. We uh, talked about what happens when it gets frisky and fun at Oasis. Yeah, it's so fun there. It's hard to explain it in words, but it's very chill. I love going to Oasis. I literally instantly relax when I get there. So if I'm having a really stressful day, sometimes I go to school and then work. It's mm-hmm. like really hard to masturbate those days. But sometimes I go to school then work because it's just... Okay, can't you masturbate at Oasis? I or could. at school? I know. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start have, bringing my vibrator. Have you ever masturbated at school? Um, yes, but I never came at school. Mm. And if I masturbated at school, it's to send someone a video of me doing it. But where did you masturbate at school? bathroom sometimes during a movie and lecture oh movie and lecture yeah that is pretty hot oh my god one time <coughs> in my class i love teasing guys in class i love it and then you I, don't say i tell my friends that this kind of stuff happens to me and they're like it just doesn't make sense that this happens so often to you i met this guy once in second year university and he was super Ooh. hot and there was sexual tension between us and uh, one day after, during class we had a guest speaker and it was like the most boring topic ever that's not on the exam it's not covered and I was sitting one row directly in front of him. And I was on my phone and I was looking through my nudes because I just love taking oh, good nudes of myself. It's just, it's an art, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I'm bored, I like to look at my nudes. Like maybe like think about, oh, like this one's cute. I'm going to save this one. I just have so many. So I'm looking through my nudes and he texted me because we exchanged numbers for a project. And he texted mm-hmm. me. He's like, oh my God, are those you? He's like, you're getting me so hard in class right now. And I was like, so then we started sexting, and he was right behind me, and I looked behind him, and he was, like, smiling. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then after class, he's like, do you want to come to my car and fuck? And you know what I said? No. (laughs) Because I never go through with it. And then for weeks after, he's been begging me to fuck. Look, but that's, uh, the story's so much less interesting now. No, because now it's still a fantasy, and I still think about it. Because we didn't do it. All the fantasies I've had that I've actually went through with, they just get deleted from my head. Hmm. So if I have a fantasy of a prof, this actually this never happened. But if I did, because I, it's still in my head, that's how I know it didn't happen. If I had a fantasy about a prof and I went to his office and we ended up having sex, I just wouldn't think about it anymore. It just wouldn't be a fantasy anymore. Because yeah. I did it. Isn't that the point? No, the point Fulfill is your keep... fantasies. No, the point for me is to just keep them in my head forever. You're going to be an old cat lady with a lot of fantasies and not a lot of experiences. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> now know. who's fucking with whose head? Oh, my God. <laughs> now I'm stuck. Psychology student meets psychology master. Think differently, you will. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when an experience presents itself, I take it. But I don't push myself to fulfill the fantasy too hard if it happens organically i'll do it mm-hmm. but i'm not like because if i so, like seeked out to fulfill every fantasy I, I would just never end well maybe just uh start writing them down that might be more uh it's too many well write down your favorites i'm saying like as, as a as a creative exercise it could be uh it could be fruitful to have these written down it would be uh, a creative outlet for you and potentially interesting reading material for others Oh my god, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Or just record them in a sexy voice. <laughs> right? You can have your own podcast and you just talk about your fantasy and ooh, podcast idea. No, oh my god, they're tell gonna me. steal it. Okay. Nobody steal this, I'm copywriting it right now. Is you're gonna tell sexy stories, your fantasies, as you masturbate. 
and your voice is going to change obviously as you do and you have to edge until you finish the story and then finish and that would be I don't know how many people could listen to that without getting too excited and annoyed and frustrated but that would be the ultimate tease because now you have hundreds thousands of ears listening getting teased without satisfaction to your fantasy Mind equals uh, nutting. <laughs> Mind equals I'm nutting. Wonderful. Mind equals what? I can't even think blown. of the equation blown. after that. <laughs> Something's getting blown after this. I'm dead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we're going to be starting a new podcast series very soon called Ace Tells a Story. Oh my god, story time with Ace? Story time with Ace. That's just going to be called. I'm going to think about that. I don't know. That's mm. crazy. we got some equipment. My so. mind is blown right now. Right. There's just so much I can do with that. Okay, new topic before I get crazy with this idea. Okay, so let's turn the gears from something really hot to not so hot. <sighs> no. Well, you asked for it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Maybe she gets I'm what she wants. Again. <laughs> Maybe she does not. Um, what is the hardest part about this lifestyle, about kink, BDSM, non-monogamy? For me, finding yeah. the right people. Mm-mm. Definitely. So, finding the person who's kinky enough to like mess with me is the hardest part because a lot of guys want to say that they're freaky and like they want to say they're a dom. And then some people are just like not educated about BDSM and they like, they yeah. can't fuck with them. So the hardest part is meeting the right people, and it's pure chance. Like I tried going to fetish events, I tried going on a fat life, and I can't meet anyone that I just like vibe with well. And then I like met this guy at a frat house in a threesome, and he's yeah. just like great. That's the thing is, I, I think sometimes it's it's the matter of having a bit of spontaneity, the surprise, yeah. the um, you know, and that's the excitement for sure. Yeah, the odd situation, just where it's not so expected. And that's that's when it's the most pleasant is when you just kind of run into it. I agree. I also think it's like hard for people to find like good people in general. Just being vanilla, it's hard to find people. But then being kinky, it's like an added factor. So now instead of yeah. looking for like the first thing I ask a guy are what are your kinks, what are your fetishes, are you okay with non-monogamy? Like mm. that's the first three things. Like then after that, it's like I want to get to know you. But if that if you can't pass that then we yeah. can't the, yeah. that's the first tier yeah pass the but first for some tier. people the first tier would be something like do you have a job <laughs> do you are you married <laughs> like that just comes so, so late for me that's mm. just like yeah priorities so i think finding the right people for me is like the hardest part of being in this lifestyle because a lot of people lie too and like deceive you and tell you that they're kinky and then it's like oh, just tell mm. me the truth right away yeah yeah i mean personally i i hesitate to to build too much up because because of disappointment i i know what i like but i'm also very very adaptable that is one of my key features is is adaptability so it's not like i'm the same uh, dom or the same switch or the same whatever with the with every person it's i don't like to come in with a set of skills and be like here's my skills I'm gonna practice them on you you're gonna enjoy it I'm gonna enjoy it it's more like I have some experiences you have some experiences and when we come together if they mesh well together we both learn something about ourselves about each other and I found new things that I like through new people and I've had things brought out of me because of these people that I didn't really know were in there so for me to say something like oh 
I really like to do this. I don't know. I don't really like to do anything. I like to do something that feels good with that specific person. Because what turns me on mo- more than anything is seeing that other person react. Yeah. So if that means, you know, a spanking, if that means cutting, if that means hair pulling, if that means caressing, cuddling, whatever it is that gets that reaction, that's my thrill. So it could be sadistic or it could be very sweet. It really depends. I completely agree. And when I say ask if a guy's kinky, I don't mean if he has specific kinks. It's more yeah. like, are you open-minded? Are you open, exactly. Are you open to possibilities? Yeah, it's I'm never like, what are yeah. your kinks? List them yeah. down for me and I'm going to see if I like them. It's more like, are you kinky in the sense that, are you down to try new things that are out of your comfort zone? Exactly. Yeah, so that's like my number one So that's the question. hardest thing for you in, the, in this community. Yeah, any, I know. Uh, it's like a small, it's a really small thing. But have you had any awful experiences? If Literally I none. None? None. That's so good. None. You're... Like not even close to one. I met this, okay, I was in Montreal this summer. And I was a little <laughs> bit down in the dumps because uh, I didn't have a lot. I went there alone for a school program and the, I didn't have go with any friends so I was a little bit isolated and I downloaded tinder and I was like okay I'm gonna try it like I don't know I don't really like know how this is gonna work but I'll just try it so I ended up meeting this guy on tinder he was this French boy and ended up going to his house and I didn't know anything about him and I was like hey I'm just gonna try it and be spontaneous and he was amazing he was the best oral I've ever had he was into feet he was so awesome I don't remember the point of the story, but he was just great. He was great. Um, but yeah, I've never had any negative experiences. Even if I had, it was someone who was a complete stranger, I still had a good experience with them somehow. That's good. Yeah. And, um, finally, just a quick sort of notion. Do you think that, um, and, uh, and, I, and I, I'm prepping you because I do think that, that you have something to say about this. Do you think that there's any misconceptions um, about the kink, BDSM, poly communities, something that the public um, kind of often misconceives about what we do, what we like, what we're like. So interesting that you say that, because when I went to Montreal for the school program, um, being born and raised in Toronto my whole life, I kind of, I feel like we're a really liberal city. Mm-hmm. So we're really open-minded to kink. And I thought my whole life that people are just like people from Toronto who are just like open-minded, um, when I tell anyone here that I work at Oasis, everyone's like, that's so cool. I want to know more about it. Like, no one judges me here. Mm-hmm. When I went to Montreal for the school program, I met girls specifically from all over Canada. So they were from Saskatoon, and they were from all these different parts. And I noticed that if you, girls that were from a smaller town were a little bit more closed-minded. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them couldn't understand that Oasis can be a place of like empowerment and community and sex positivity and they saw it as like a place of deviance it can be a little bit but in a good sense i agree i agree i feel like it's fully it is for deviance in a good way but they uh some of the girls saw it in like a negative way like oh like you're a sexual deviant if you go there in a bad way and they couldn't like understand the positive side of the community so i feel like religion might play a role into this like if you're like from like like a religious community you might see people in the poly community as like quote-unquote bad Mm. but ironically the best and most nicest people i've ever met in my life have been people in the community yeah i i think so too i think they've been just because the general openness it's like yeah it's very hard to to feel bad around people who don't 
accord you any opportunity to feel shame for yeah. you know the variety of things that you're into if it was up to me i would just live around people like okay. i would just live at away support encouragement good friends and it's uh so often so more than more than uh more than not it's uh more often than not <laughs> it's um not so much about sex as it is about this feeling of community yeah you know i completely agree when i was going through a breakup with my last boyfriend i was like a wreck the first day and i had to work 12 hours that day and i was like i don't want to go into work i don't want people to see me right now like i have this persona at work where i'm like this confident i'm normally like this but i'm like a confident like sadistic <laughs> sick girl yes and then i was like i don't want people to see me at work like this like i'm crushed right now going through a breakup and they got me through that breakup more than my family and friends could like yeah. one of the regulars <clears throat> bought me a pizza they were all there to Aww. cuddle me and tell me everything's okay that That's i don't have sweet. to change for any guys and they gave me like such love and like, compassion and support and it's that community like i've never i've never met anyone who's like mean yeah, yeah, so you get a nice, uh, a nice sense of affiliation with the people around there, and can can help your self esteem. It can help your general sense of well being, belongingness, yeah. community. So I think it's uh, it's overall pretty lovely. And it's yeah. nice to, to end on a place. good note, despite the question being uh, framed in a sort of negative way. Well, I'm gonna thank you now for for your time, Ace. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and as a uh, as a postscript or a little epilogue, uh, do you want to try a little experiment? What is it? Um, I'm not masturbating. No, 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 no. I can ask you to masturbate. <laughs> Although the epilogue, the, take off your pants. The epilogue, weird things. No, I was gonna ask you if you wanted to to try to. Um, Tell us a story. Yeah, like a little fantasy story maybe. Or something that's happened. Either or. Either uh, a really hot scene. Like describe a really hot scene. Uh, I got it. You don't have to be in it. You can be in it. It could be a fantasy. But uh, I want you to get in your head, close your eyes, and talk in your nice, sexy, seductive voice, whatever it is, a soft voice, into the mic, eyes closed. I want you to concentrate and kind of forget that I'm here. Because if you're looking at me, it might change the way that you think about it. So why don't we try that? Okay. It could be a prelude to your uh, next podcast experience. Oh my God, I don't think I can do a sexy voice. You don't have to, just do whatever's comfortable. Okay. Above everything, I'd like you to be comfortable. I'm gonna do a regular voice. Let's do a regular voice. A story, yes. told in first person or what? Should I just, I'll just tell a story of what happened to me? Sure. Um, Focus on the details and... <laughs> Ooh, dimming the lights, yeah. making it romantic. Well, it's to help you concentrate. Okay, so, okay. Um, Close your eyes, tell us a story. Oh, okay. Oh my god, now the lights off, there's so much pressure. I'm kidding. All right. So, when I was in high school, um, I had a crush on my friend's brother, and he was so hot. And he was just like this. <laughs> I can't close my eyes. No, he was just this like tall guy and he was really charming and because it's a friend's brother it's a little bit taboo but lucky for me my friend was totally okay with this thank god um but i actually was just going through a breakup that day and my friend's brother coincidentally was also going through a breakup that day so we started flirting a lot 
and we were drinking a little bit and he told me to come to his room and I was like, oh my God, yes, I've been wanting this for like months now. Um, and so we go in his room and he turns off the lights and we start making out and it's really hot and he says, okay, I'll be right back. I'm like, okay. Um, I assumed he was like getting a condom or something. And then so I, the door opens and someone comes in and I think it's him. And then um, we start making out. But the first guy comes in, the brother, and it turns out his best friend, who I've also hooked up with in the past, and we like have like a thing going, came in the room and started making out with me. And so now these two guys are in front of me, and I'm like, oh no, did I do something bad by hooking up with a friend? And they ended up both being into it. So I ended up, um, one of them started taking off my clothes while the other one was kissing my neck. And then they would just like take turns undressing me and kissing me and touching me. And it was like four hands on me at all times. And it felt so good. It was amazing. It like changed my life. Um, and yeah, then we would just take turns doing everything. And it lasted for like five hours, the steamy threesome and so much going on. And <laughs> we did everything but sex, but even though there was no sex, it was still one of like the best experiences I've ever had. And what was really interesting was that, well, I don't know. It was just the dynamic was amazing. I loved it. I loved being the center of attention. And I loved getting touched by two hands, well, four hands at the same time. It was so good. I miss it. <laughs> and my friend Alyssa actually came in on this threesome three times and then recorded a little clip of it and we still have it saved on our computer and we watch it every couple of years just to remember the good times they knew about the clip though <laughs> sexy no what was it story time yeah. story time with <laughs> have a good night toronto <laughs> You're listening to Intellectual Erection, a place where we talk about the naughty to stimulate your thinking. No, because I love watching people get fucked.